party. We got a special guest speaker tonight. We got a special trip in. And uh, some of you may know him, some of you may not. But he was born and raised in Arkansas. And y'all just pray for his strength in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Yeah, he speaks as an oracle of God. Lord, we, we just thank you for him. We have another visitor, you know, Brother Shelley. Thank God for the men of God. Amen. Amen. Arkansas, Texas represented tonight. Well, I want to thank you all for calling me and giving me an opportunity to come and share. I appreciate that. I know you have a lot of options. And, uh, but I'm thankful. I know you could have chosen other airlines, but you chose this one. So I'm uh, thankful for it. And I'm glad to be here. I'd like to start off, first of all, by giving some thanks. We've had, uh, I don't know how long I've been up Caddo building. But it has been as uh, Ronnie and Lonnie and TJ and, and, and uh, Tom and, and Kelly Hensey. Uh, it's been an exhausting journey, <laughs> I tell you. Wow. We have put a lot in. And I, I want to say thanks to all you brothers. It's been a real joy. Thank you very, very much. I don't know if many of them are here, Tom and, and TJ, but thank you guys. Uh, yeah, they're sleeping. They're exhausted. Now, we had a fun time because I want you know, it was exhausting. And it was so hot. And we're doing, uh, we're up, oh, I don't know how far it is, 15, 20 feet. I don't really know. And we're putting uh, four by sixes up there and, and plywood up there. And oh, my goodness. And what, we all got to laughing because of the exhaustion of it. But I'm thankful for all the help. We're doing pretty good. We'll go right back up uh, when I can. And, uh, See if we can finish this thing up a little bit. But I'm very thankful for it. Just want to say thanks to you, brother. Let your uh, husband know I sure did appreciate all he's done. And uh, Ronnie and Lonnie, I got a hold of them. Lonnie came up and gave us a hand, and I'm thankful for him. Uh, he's just great to see him again. I have to tell you this. But anyway, would you stand with me, please? I really would like to see the Lord tonight, wouldn't you? I'm excited about it. I'm hungry for him. I want to see his presence. Lord Jesus, we call upon you tonight, head of the church, head of the body of Christ, which body we are. I pray your presence here tonight, Jesus, the flow of the Spirit of God, the choreography of your Spirit. I pray your will, your purpose be executed. The order of the course be set by your feet, Jesus. And tonight may we follow you into the purpose of God in your divine design. Fulfilling what you have for this week. I ask your presence to be so, sir. Give unto us tonight the spirit of wisdom, the revelation of Jesus Christ himself. Give unto us a manifestation of your presence that breathes life into us, rejuvenates, revitalizes, refreshes us. I'm asking this in the name of Jesus Christ, and I thank you now, Father, according to your word. Be it under this house according to the word that's brought forth this week. May everything that is revealed in your word be accomplished and fulfilled in our lives. May we rise to the level of it and experience it and walk in it, I pray. I ask you to enable us, Jesus. Enable us tonight. Able to be
be a minister of this gospel of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we want to praise you. We want to bless your name. Desire to exalt you tonight. Thank you right now, Holy Spirit, that you bring us together unto him. Unto the Lord shall the gathering of the people be. Gather us tonight unto Jesus. Lock us in, Jesus, right now to your divine purpose. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now tonight, we worship and bless him out of your heart tonight. Give him what he's worthy of.
happening since the uh, conference, my last conference at Zervina. It opened a door, pretty wide door, and we've been walking through it as much as we can. That's what we've been doing. And I have uh, met a man, uh, indeed he's from Detroit, he's a part of the Zervina uh, family and what he does. And, uh, but he's contacted me, he has a radio station and a television outreach. And I've been working with him now, and in fact, he just asked me a couple of days ago, I'm asking you and Shelly to come on up 
So we can pray about it and see where, where we're at. I'll just stay here and send Shelly. <laughs> but uh, I've done four of his uh, radio programs. On, no, five. Sorry, five. I've done five of his programs already on the radio. And we're, but what has happened is there's an urgency that I have to get things really prepared primarily at our apostolic campaign up in Caddo. The reason is other pastors uh, now are wanting to know if I would do men's meetings. Can you imagine them asking that? Seriously, they didn't ask me to come and preach at the church. These pastors are asking, does he do men's meetings? Now, you can't get no better than that. I just was, should and I both talk about what a unique experience to know that that's the very thing they're requesting. So we're getting things ready for them, and, and I'm going to be showing, uh, his name is Peter Nielsen. He's the guy I'm, I'm working with on this, uh, out, some of these outreaches and with these pastors from Detroit. But now, he, this, is he, he's a trainer, is he not also? And he's one, yeah, he's pretty beefed up. and Yeah, all kinds of, all kinds of championships, all kinds of trophies. He's one of those. And uh, I dwarf him when he gets around me, but he's, he doesn't have no ego problem. Yeah. Huh? Thank you, Lisa. I'm so lucky. That is so precious of your insights. Very few see what you see. And by the way, Lisa, we thank you. My wife and I thank you for being our little gardener. That's precious of you. Um, it is thriving out there. Since we quit, you took over. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> well, thank you, Lisa. Thank you very kindly. Uh, so anyway, we're gonna, I'll be working on that. I'll be updating you on that and meet with some of these pastors. Gonna, uh, Peter set it up where I meet with some of them, discussing at the apostolic campaign for them to come up and begin to work with churches and fellowships on uh, the revelation of the kingdom of God and his government. <clears throat> And they're not familiar with a lot of that. They just do not have a lot of that. They know that. They talk about that. And that conference that I did uh, was something that they had never seen either before. And that's what bring out the intrigue. That's kind of what you call the fish bait. And they're hitting it. So we're going to be uh, letting you, I'll keep you up to date on that. Shelly and I, are. we've already talked about it. We've talked about our part and what we can do and, and uh, doing some things together and working together on some of this. And seeing if Jeff is going to be involved in that, uh, looking at that right now, see if he's involved in that in the future, and what we can do to uh, be a part of going to some of these places and really bringing the kingdom of God. So I'm looking forward to that. Stay with me. I'm in that zone right now, and that's where we're headed. But tonight, uh, let me just share this with you. For I've known Christ now for 50 years. I met him when I was 20. And uh, I'm 70 years of age, but I've known him for 50 years. And the thing that's remarkable about it, I have never lost the quest to understand certain things about Christ that still piques my uh, desire and interest. Uh, there are some things that I know have a deep, deep well to them. And I spent a lot of years searching those out, and I haven't really extracted any, uh, much from it, but I've never given it up. I was telling my wife, it's kind of like the uh, Templars. Are always are seeking the cup, you know? <laughs> and I'm kind of always seeking this cup. And the one thing that I have never turned loose is my quest for understanding Zoe. It, to me, is a hub. It's a primary, it's the center 
a revelation of Jesus Christ because it is the life of God. Not just the way he lived. We're not talking about character and temperament person. It's the life of God. And here's what Jesus Christ said. He said, the Father has life in himself. And he has given unto the Son to have life in himself. And behold, I give unto you life, and life more abundantly. And so what it is, it's a resident force that we've not really, really tapped. And I spent my time in Caddo praying, fasting, and researching, studying the more than I think this time, that I ever have for my own quest. I wanted to know some things. And I told Chris when I got home, I got home today, what? I got home this morning. And I, I sat down and I was sharing a little bit of my enthusiasm. And I said, this is probably, to me, one of the deepest wells in the Bible about the life of Christ. See, all we know is suke, the Greek word suke, or we know bios, we know anastrophe. Anastrophe is your lifestyle. Bios is your lifestyle in the way that you make a living, what you do to make a living. And Sukeni just means self-centered and, and narcissistic by nature, egocentric. It's a life about me. It's all about me. And you live your life all about you. And we know some people, Chris and I have talked about them, and, and, and of course the individual's not here. What are they here? Let me remember who the individual was. I might be. That's irrelevant. I don't remember, so I don't have anybody on my heart. But we talked about, we were talking about an individual who just is not aware of anybody else. It's not that they are egocentric or narcissistic. It's just that they're just not aware of other people. And that's a strange thing. But the issue is that's the suke realm. But there is a word that Christ brought to us. He was the only man that brought the word Zoe. And he was the only man that brought, brought the word Agape. All we've ever known is phileo, we've known uh, human kindness, human love, eros, is sexual affection and attraction, which my wife is ate up with concerning me, but I can't help that, that's not my fault, Bobby, that's just who I am. But the whole issue is it deals with a force of life, and this one is what Christ brought to us, which lets me know that humans don't understand it or know it, and they don't understand agape or know it because it, it didn't originate from us. So I'm telling you right now that I know some things about Zoe. It says, in him was Zoe, and Zoe was the light of man. That's one of my personal favorites. Because what that says, in the, in the feature and function of Zoe, not just in the nature of it, but in the way it expresses itself, it brings light. It is the light of mankind, which means from Zoe is the reproduction of revelation, Knowledge, comprehension, discernment, insight, perception, wisdom, all of that is found in Zoe, not in light. Zoe reproduces that type of light. That's why we can know things we've never learned, because we've been in the presence of life. You follow me? Just the life giver himself. Now, Zoe is a force. It's a power that we're going to talk about. It's also a law. For the law of the spirit of Zoe has set me free from the law of sin and death. That's what Romans said, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me, set me free from the law of sin and death. And that word uh, free is the word exempted. Zoe is a law that will exempt you from some things. Now I've taught that before, so I've had revelation there. It's one of my favorites. We also know the Bible said that you will reign in Zoe. 
If you want to master something, rule something, conquer something, you'll find it done through Zoe. If you're having a problem with something in your life or area, it's not so much saying the right thing or doing the right thing. It's understanding how to, how to activate a force called Zoe in your life and put you into ruling that matter rather than subjecting yourself to that circumstance. Now that's all about Zoe. That's a couple of things. But let me read a scripture to you that hit me. I wasn't even thinking about teaching this. Now, I really wasn't. I'm studying this for myself. And then I'm researching other things I like to bring into this house. I wanted to bring in a prophetic voice and see uh, where I'm at with this house and see where this house is at with him. And then be able to locate that in spirit, which I still will be able to do that before the week is up. I'm grateful for that gift. But I found something that I just couldn't turn it loose. It began to consume me. And this was my research on Zoe. And it happened out of one scripture. I wasn't studying Zoe at the time. This is what got me on Zoe. And I want to read the scripture. And a rhema hit me when I read it. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Notice the thing, notice this verse, all things that pertain unto Zoe. That's what I saw. And I started asking the questions. What are the questions? What are the things that pertain unto Zoe? Well, I just gave you two. You can reign in life by Zoe. Number two, all knowledge, revelation that you don't have to learn and get, it comes to you through Zoe. So if you know that you can activate Zoe, if there's a way to activate this life of the Spirit, then you're going to walk in another dimension or realm. Now, let me take you to three primary areas of, uh, what would I call it, uh, pretty traditional thinking on the word Zoe for just a moment. Almost all traditional church entity and denomination says this, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That is defined as I have come to save you, that you might be saved and delivered, set free, and no longer have to go to hell. That's mostly the doctrine or the gospel of salvation. It is not the gospel of the kingdom. It is still a part of the, of the kingdom. Being saved, thank you, Jesus. Amen? Amen? But we have interpreted from a religious perspective. We've taken Zoe and we have a filter system. Thank you, Jesus, for the abundance of Zoe. Thank you, Jesus. I am saved and on my way to heaven, I have eternal life. I'm going to live forever. Now, let me throw something out right now. Everybody is going to live forever. The agnostic, the atheist, the ignorant, the stupid, the unregenerate, they're going to live forever. They're not going to die either. Right? I mean, if you believe in heaven and hell, if you believe in punishment and judgment, of course you'd have to accept that. But they're going to live and they're just going to be thrown into hell until they burn up and die. That's obviously not going to happen. How long did he say that the, the judgment would be? Forever. So Jesus said, you use the term, the punishment for life. They will receive the punishment for life, but you shall receive eternal life. Well, actually call it life eternal. Now, let me say it to you from, from this scripture. I like, to, I like verse 4. 
I didn't uh, go ahead and read it, but I do love it. But let me just say something to you while I'm here uh, on this. When you deal with the word Zoe, found, you'll find something called minus time. It is an inter interesting term there as you research it. There is no time in Zoe. There's no clock. There's no hours. There's no days, months, or years as you and I are used to. But God monitors the universe from an entirely different perspective than you and I do. We do it by a wristwatch or a clock. Or you look at your cell phone to find out what time it is. <clears throat> I don't wear that. I'm not interested in that. It's funny that I have no desire for much jewelry. The only thing I like to wear is what my wife got me in South Africa, which is African necklaces she got me. I just wear them out of affection and, and appreciation for her. But I don't really have a lot of jewelry and don't like to wear it. I'm not, surely not interested in what time it is. And uh, that's why I have to ask others. <laughs> Thank God they wear watches. So I'm not opposed to it. Yes, it's just something I'm, I don't know, just not interested in. I've got a drawer full of them. I've had it given to me and bought for me and had them put in offerings. And uh, so if you ever need a watch, come to my house. I, I, I've got plenty of them. But the issue is that I'm saying is that in Zoe, it's minus time. Now, let me put something out here for you. There is a difference between eternal life and life eternal. So keep that in mind right now. There is a difference between eternal, the Bible calls it eternal life and everlasting life. Now what he's emphasizing is life not living forever. Eternal life is not emphasized living forever. Eternal life is defining life's eternity. How does Zoe impact our lives? Why did he give us Zoe and Zoe more abundantly? So I would say this from your warehouse. You are loaded with an abundance of a supply. Or he would not say, I've, given, I've come that you might have Zoe and have it. Why would he say more abundantly? You have a warehouse full of Zoe, but all that we know is suke. Because we are not so much walking in the realm of aware of him, we walk in the realm of suke, aware of me. So as a result of that, I'm not extracting from the warehouse of Zoe, I'm living my life from suke. Now therein lies the problem. How do we tap over into this life-giving force called Zoe, and what are some of the functions and features of this force called Zoe? So I'm going to read some of them to you. One of the things you'll find in the uh, Amplified that adds a lot of light, light to it, it calls Zoe perpetual life. Now we're emphasizing not eternity or not everlasting, we're emphasizing life, are we not? And he defines life that it is a perpetual happening. Now you've got to get that because that will affect your life in a moment. It's a perpetual happening. And when you come over into the epigenetic clock, which is your biological ticking, if you would, which epi uh, epigenetic clock means, that goes to the genes, that your genes are determining your age. So I'm going to show you something here tonight that really, really will, uh, I, I trust do to you what it's done for me. I have always believed a certain thing about Zoe, and I found it to be absolutely true, 100%. I walked it in ignorance by faith, but now I have knowledge of it. And you talk about strengthening your position. 
I drove uh, from Caddo this morning all the way to Marshall confessing the power and activating that Zoe said, Jesus, this stuff is real. This is real. You didn't come here just to save me and deliver me and heal me. I'm thankful for all of that. But you came. Listen what he said. I have come. My very, very essence of coming, my very purpose for coming was to give you Zoe. Why? Well, that you might live forever. Everybody's going to live forever. That ain't going to help. And it isn't just to go to heaven. That's religion. Almost all of our denominations believe that Jesus Christ came to bring salvation. Jesus said, I've come to bring the kingdom. There's a world of difference. We're emphasizing pastors, and he's emphasizing kings and priests. You see the problem. So, and you do, you've heard it for 30 years here. So the emphasis now is, what do we do if we don't filter through the religious system? Did he come to bring us salvation? Yes, yes, yes. Let me restate that. He came and saved us. But if you notice, and I don't want to go into all that, so I'll stop right now and go back to where I am going, and that is he came that we might have Zoe. The second area where there's misinformation on Zoe is through the charismatic <coughs> renewal and word of faith and all that. They say this, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's defined there as I have come that you might have a lot better, an abundant lifestyle. Now they change the word Zoe to the word lifestyle. I came up in that in the 70s. And it is preached on prosperity, advancing success, financial stability, abundance of finances, abundance of, of things, and abundance of cars and houses and homes and lands. And God wants you to prosper and bless. And all that is preached from the wrong scripture. I come that you might have an abundant lifestyle. Is that what he said? No, he did not. I remember sitting under a teaching in Anaheim. When a scripture was read, and the scripture was defined, he said that we receiving, all the, receiving from God, it talks about all the heavenly riches in Christ Jesus. And he, they, he took that scripture and, and perverted it into a carnal advancement, if you will, a carnal abundance. Riches in heavenly places. And he took those riches from heavenly places and put them in your back pocket. <laughs> That's a pretty good, tricky uh, preacher when he can do that. And I'm sitting there watching, I said, that's not what it says. And then when I hear about the abundant lifestyles, that's not what he said. I've come to give you Zoe, and I'm going to take that word Zoe and give it to you in an abundance, a perpetual flow of it. Now, Zoe is a perpetual flow. It's constantly flowing in your life. The reason is, it's life. It's not death. It's always living. It never dies. It cannot die. It's a nature of God or an attribute of God or in Christ that cannot die. So powerful it is, it impacts death. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. You find Zoe, you're going to find a link to death. Because its features and attributes and functions arise, they, they get up in the presence of death. But now he stinketh. Remember what they said about But now he stinketh. Jesus said, I am. 
the life. In the presence of that, it means nothing. What's more powerful, death or life? Life. His life, of course. You stand there in the presence of a man who's stinking, been dead for three or four days and try to secure it, I don't think he's coming out. And he sure ain't going to get up and come out. You have to go in and get him. Then you probably have to suck him out with a straw if you're into that sort of thing. <coughs> but the bottom line is, this is where we are at right now, trying to understand what Christ is telling us, all things that pertained unto Zoe. Isn't that a power? I mean, doesn't that just kind of grab you? It grabbed me. I just stopped. Oh, there are so many things that is relative to Zoe. And I know it's a deep well. I told my wife today, all I got to do today or for two weeks in Caddo was just take the lid off the well. But I'm still happy with the journey. And I'll still keep my quest. I will get that cup. <laughs> Are you following this? So we've got to look at some differences here. And I'm going to show you some of the things that I'm talking about here. And, and I'm going to bypass a few scriptures right now because I want to go to something else. But it shows you the... the the essence of the truth that we're dealing with on the abundant life. And here's what, here's what the scripture says. And I put this down here. What eternal life is, what it is not, how it operates, how it functions. But I'm going to take you now to something move up a little bit. I want you to write down some words that you're going to be become familiar with the next three or four days. Now let me say something before I go. I loved biology in school and in college. I loved it. In college and in school, high school. I really did enjoy it. And to draw out some of that that's relative, I'm, I'm going to show you what some of it is that's relative. And I'm only going to speak on biology a little bit tonight because it's relative to Zoe. And if it's not relative to Zoe, I'm not interested in a biological three-day class. And you won't be there. You'll be totally bored and so will I. But I want you to write down chronological years and biological aging. Chronological years, biological agings, aging. <clears throat> and then I would simply say to you, have you met people that chronologically are 50 years of age, but biologically they look 70 or 80? So, have you also met people that are 80 years of age, but they look 60, or maybe even in their latter 50s? Now, what causes that? Is chronological parallel to biological? No. Not at all. Some people age more than other people. Some age less than other people. Some look younger than they look biologically. They look younger than their chronological years. And then there's others who look older in their bio biological or the epi uh, epi uh, genetic, epigenetic clock is far outside their chronological clock. So they may be 50, but they look 70. They may be 70, but they look 50. Now... Let me give you what I have, I know, and so will you in biology, almost everybody will agree with this here. There are a number of things that makes you age faster than others. 
Number one, well, not number, not number one by, it has to be in this order, but start off with a number. Smoking ages you. Drinking alcohol ages you. Taking drugs ages you. Does everybody agree with that? Yeah. Sure, we know that. We can, you can be around uh, heavy, heavy, heavy drinkers that are alcoholics, and they look so used up. Do they not? And what happened is, they may be only 60 years of age, but man, they're already showing to be 80 or 90 years of age in their biological or epigenetic clock. Now, epigenetic is a Greek word, comes from epic, close to, near to, upon the genes. How your aging is affected by your genes. So now, these are some of the, do you know what some of the, I'll give you the top five. One of them is going to surprise you, negative people. Negativeism makes you age faster than positive. So let me give you the scripture. Death and life are based on what you say. When you respond negative, when you react negative, when you say something negative, when you judge, criticize, indict, accuse, you're vindictive, you're unforgiving, you're judgmental. You are putting years on your clock. You may lose two, three, four, five, even 10, 15 years of your physiological appearance based upon your negative mind. Death and life in the power of the tongue, they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You're going to eat what you say, not what's set before you. I knew that years ago. And let me say something I've never been able to reconcile. I think Shelly said it clearly to me the other day on the phone that Dallas Ravita, one of the uh, CEOs, all stressed out, frustrated, angry, mad, but he believes God's in control. And Shelly said, is there a problem here? <laughs> you think God's in control, but your fault is it? No, does not, it doesn't work. No, it does not work. I can't even imagine a Christian who has the revelation of Jesus Christ living a negative lifestyle. It just, it just, I can't even comprehend. What in the world are you negative about? Well, you know my life. You don't have it. Yes, I do. Your problem is you. You need to be delivered from you. If I could cast you out, I would. That's why your soul has to be saved. Your personality, your character, your mind has to be renewed to the Word of God. Look, man, when I came into the, got born again, I was 20 years of age, I got a scripture. I got a scripture that really got a hold of me. Renewing your mind to the Word of God, that you may be transformed, transformed. I just saw this. My mind could be transformed, reformed, just by reading scriptures. And boy, did it take hold on me. My mama... Born and raised negative. Nothing, no praise ever came out of her mouth. Criticism, ridicule, putting you down. 24-7, I grew up in a household of just nothing but fussing and negative. I, when I left there at 17, I was through with that world. I saw what it reproduced. I wasn't even born again. Who wants to live like that? Well, I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if that's possible or not. Are you sure that... What? Who do you live? Who do you serve? You serve yourself. So you're always answering according to your potential or lack thereof. But you're not answering according to potential. 
So negativism was one of them. I didn't even think about it in light of aging until I started studying this. And then another, now there's 10 of them, top 10. I'm just giving you the top five. The, the other one is passivity in lifestyle. Not active. Eating, sleeping, sitting down and eating, laying down and eating, watching TV and eating. And what will happen to you, you'll put on 50, 60, 70, 80 pounds. Now what it does to you, it ages your body. It ages you. The reason that in the male, it, it shoots up your estrogen. And you get soft, your muscles get soft, you have no energy, you have no life, you can't hardly breathe, walk and just get to your car. Because what happens, you're not living off the testosterone that's been consumed, you're living out of estrogen, a female hormone. It always does. But you see, that reason I'm saying this is because you have a power given to you by God to make decisions for your life. You can do all five, you can stop all five of those by a decision. Isn't that wonderful? He's given us that power. Isn't that precious? He's given us that power. Now look, I'm not wanting to beat death. Not going to happen. Jesus said it's appointed unto man to die. But, but, I do have a pretty good head start on aging. I believe something about God, Zoe. And Zoe does impact the aging gene. It actually literally does. I'm going to show you this in the Bible tonight. Your body is made up of 20 to 25,000 genes. Every one of these genes reproduces a different, or sometimes the same, but a million, it says over a million different types of proteins that attaches itself to that gene. And when that gene then is triggered, then that gene will express, it's called genetic expression or gene expression, it will express itself in some form of function or fashion. It does something which it directly commands or dictates to the cell what it's supposed to do. Now, let me give you an example. You go out and you cut yourself. Immediately a gene is turned on. When that gene is turned on, it reproduces an exact duplication of kind of your problem, which means it has a genetic code already coded, encoded genes it's called. And when it does, what it does, it will command the cells, they rush to that area, and while you're healing, an ear doesn't grow. An eyeball doesn't grow. Are you following? Because it's genetically coded. Encoded gene. It will do exactly what that gene was or that part of the arm or whatever that was cut. It will absolutely exactly repair it. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. That God put within us DNA controlled by Him. And every gene in your body is a part of that DNA already encoded in God. So that if anything happens to you, it refurbishes itself, replenishes itself, or it restores itself from a gene. Now there's a problem. All aging is from a certain genetic failure in your body. And when that gene doesn't work properly, you're going to start aging. Alcohol and drugs is a proven fact in the medical field 
that when you are taking drugs, alcohol, and in fact, let me just use the word, the law of sin and death, these two are the powers that cause you to age. Now, when you continue to drink or take drugs, it literally alters the genetic behavior. If you stay on it long enough, it will permanently alter that gene that from then on, that gene will not send out the code that it was in, encrypted with. You will become something else. Your nose gets massive. It gets problems all over. Your body gets problems because that gene is now known, it has been changed or altered. Now it's sending out another command or protein that alters you contrary to what you're supposed to be. That's the law of sin. When you continue to sin and sin and sin and sin and sin, it alters even your bodily makeup. Now, let me give you an example of showing you the epigenetic clock for a moment. Let's start off with the oldest man that ever lived. 969 years, you know his name, Methuselah. Now before we rush through that, there was a day that men and women lived almost a thousand years old. Normal human beings, not gods, not Thor and his wife. <laughs> Normal people like you and me, they lived a thousand years. Noah, 950. Adam, 930. Now all three of these guys are knocking on a thousand years. Then somewhere along the line of the biological clock, epigenetic clock, Something happened in their lives. Now, I'm going to round it off because by the time we get to Abraham, we're, Abraham, we're down to 175 years. So it goes, and then Enos was 815. So you're seeing from 900 to 800, and if you follow it through, I'm just going to round it off because I followed it through a lot more. I don't want to go through the whole thing. You're talking, I'm going to round up 1,000 years, 500 years. 200 years, Abraham, 175. 200 years. 120 years. 70, and by reason of strength, 80. My forefathers died a thousand years of age. And we have the promise of might, we might, just might, by reason of strength, get a hundred, maybe. What happened to humanity? Do you see the problem? We look older at 70 than they did at 800. <laughs> I told Chris Methuselah was 1,000 years old and he ever looked today over 800. <laughs> a 1,000 years and I look worse than they did. Tell me it's not so, darling. Thank you, Shepard. <laughs> Do you follow the problem? Now you're looking at somewhere something happened with their life or their living. Why did they stop living? Why did it drop from a thousand to a hundred? How in the world did that happen? Well, aging is a process of the genes. That's all it amounts to. There's no need for me to tell you that like my genes, Gloria Lee's genes, 
are in Jared. And Gloria Lee's genes are mostly manifested because of ugly. It's not my fault. That's Gloria's problem. That's her genes. I'm very sorry, son. But every biological mom and dad encodes that child with their genes. Positive. Now, let me show you what I'm talking about, deformed genes or unoperative gene. They'll ask you, did your, in your family, did they have whatever, right? Here we go. Why is it that the medical field does that? They know something about gene encoding, positive and negative. You remember, Dana, when we were in the breeding program with horses, they were always trying to breed in a certain gene to win the show. We won that show. Yes, we did. And they breed it in until it's, it's locked in. Now, once that gene is locked in, you know what you cannot do? You cannot breed it out. And we also got a stallion that we thought would win, and he didn't because of one primary reason. They called it apple butt. His, his genes were locked in, and everything that those stallions reproduced was an apple butt. It looked like an apple. And in winning, that's not what they want. It sounds funny, but that's what it was. And we couldn't get that out. We knew if we bred any mare to him, they're going to get it. Stallions liked it, but the show house did not like it. So you're looking at some crazy stuff that happens on breeding in or breeding out into the generics. The Shankle generics. The Johnston generics, link both genes, put them in Jared, and now whether he likes it or not, things will happen for him, positive and negative. And there's nothing he can do about it, but there's something he can do about it. Because in God, nothing's impossible. He made us. So on this biological and See, I use the term, they call it bio, uh, biological years and chronological years, but it's not really to me chrono, uh, biological years, it's biological aging. That's why I put the years out, put the aging in, because in, chrono, in your chronological years, I may be 70, I'm 70 years of age, but do I look 80, 90, do I look 60, 50? 50. Thank you, Lisa, I do love you too. Huh? Yeah, tonight you are. Yeah, tonight. Because you're answering the king according to what he wants to hear. That's always wise. Never tell a man or woman, my God, you look used up. Like, I don't see how that's going to help you in life very much. But have you ever, you know, I'll show you how this gene works. It's the same thing. There is a, a couple of words that I want to throw them out here for you. And, uh, after I use all this chronological and biological stuff, because we're looking at a gene switch. I'll put the word down gene switch for a moment. There is literally a word called gene switch. Are you warm or is it me? How many people here are warm? Four of us. <laughs> okay. Tonight, tomorrow night, I'll put that right there. That's what I'll do. Okay, yeah, I just, I am. But that's, I always am. Huh? 
No, no, it's fine. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you very kindly. I don't want to age in front of you. So give me some help. <laughs> but you got that? You got that down? The gene switch? All right, there's literally a term called that. Now let me give you the, the definition of two primary words, gene regulation and gene expression. This is coming out of the concept of gene switch. Gene regulation is literally that which turns, literally, and that even science and biology says these same terms. It turns the gene switch on or off. The longer it's off, the older you become. The longer it's on, the younger you stay. That's called the gene switch. And from that is gene regulation. Who regulates that gene? Now, the other gene or genetic or gene expression is what happens to that gene once it's turned on. Well, what it does, as I've already told you, it encodes a protein that is to affect that area. Now, on, on uh, biological aging, or if I could use the word, I'd like to use it right now, epigenetic clock, that begins when it begins to notice your deterioration from something. Now you're struggling with an internal organ. Something's not working. Something outward, the hip, the leg, the joint, the knee, the elbow, the neck. Something inside the liver, the lungs. Something begins to change as you get older. The reason is it doesn't happen over the whole body. It's because one gene has been off too long. It may come on for a short period of time because it's already glitching. So it may come on, but for a short period of time. It may not come on at all. Then that part of the body, you'll have to have a transplant. They'll have to give you a new liver. It will eventually die. Because it's no longer being, no cells are being coded to go back and refurbish or replenish that area. So that area of your body is now aging. Why is it aging? Because genetic powers or the gene itself is no longer reproducing the protein, giving it to the cells, cells delivering it to that problem. Do you see this? So it works like this. Two ways I'll show you. At Cato, we have a visual sensor, if you would, that for our steps. It's a motion sensor light. It's a gene that comes on when it's supposed to. I don't have to do a thing. The moment my wife hits the bottom step, poof, comes on. Shows us all those steps at the middle of the night. <coughs> then, when we get into the A-frame, there's a switch. And if I don't turn it on, we stay in the dark. So here's what I'm saying. In every switch, the Zoe is already there. The electrical power is in the switch box, is it not? Stuck right there. And if you know how to turn it on and off, you're going to get function. You're going to get genetic ex expression. Are you following me? It's going to express that. Boom! The lights come on. So now somewhere in your body... You have to interfere with your genes when you get older. 
You can either do that with vitamins and minerals, because you're, you're getting older, your body is no longer reproducing certain things of testosterone and estrogen and progesterone or all the other things. That's just a part of reality, because it's commanded, it's already that way, because of the commission to die. You and I are appointed to die. You can prolong some things, or you can just die old enough. <laughs> so you're looking at, are there certain things that you can do Based upon what you know, for him to know, know to do good, does it not? To him, it is a sin. If you know certain things that God revealed to you, can you not make some proper changes? Well, let's make it a simple one. Eating. Now, you can eat to kill yourself, or you can eat for life. It says that the priests of the old, or the princes of old, in the old day, they, lived, they ate for strength, it said. They didn't eat for gluttony, they ate for strength. So that shows you even choosing the right food, the right type of eating. I'm not talking about getting crazy here now. You're following, I'm, I mean, I, we've been through the crazy here. <laughs> I'm just talking about intelligence. You can't suck up on sugar all day long and stay healthy. One teaspoon of sugar sits down, shuts your immune system down for six to eight hours. One teaspoon of sugar. Man, I, I, I have to go six months before it kicks in. <laughs> no, my wife, we, we worked on that. Uh-uh, I'm not interested anymore. Once I learn it, uh-uh. I'm not here killing myself. I want to live. I want to live healthy and strong and full of life and vitality and energy and I mean I just want to suck the life out of life and so I've seen people gloriously open my eyes to a lifestyle where you have no more value or premium in your body you have lost and sitting there watching her cry because her body is deteriorated because of shut down genes and one begins to shut down and then another and another and another and another now, no longer does a body part die, the whole body dies. Get away from that quickly. Gene, when you go into gene regulation, something is responsible for standing there with the switch between his finger and thumb. And it says something happens, you have an environmental problem. You cut yourself, you fall, you hurt yourself, whatever may be the case. Aging is something that at that time is something that hurts maybe aging, but there's also environmental problems when you hurt yourself. Nonetheless, you've got to have a switch on. So it's kind of also like this. My wife gets up, says, daughter, I'm going to go to the salon. The husband's wise enough to say, Daughter, that's precious. That's wonderful. But what is he thinking? Oh, my God, please. <laughs> please go to the salon. So she goes to the salon and sits down. And the person says to her, to, I want you to know, before she says to, to, to my wife, because she's fixing her hair and her nails and all that, she said, I want you to know, before you leave here, you're going to be beautiful. The wife pulls out $100. Thank you very much. Doesn't even realize... Before you leave here, you will be. 
Because you saw his ugly. <laughs> so this is what happened. Now, <laughs> this going over, this going over break with the guys. I can feel that right. You boys with me tonight? No, don't you even say, because you sleep on the couch. You better shut up. <laughs> but this is what happens to all of us. We interpret life based upon beautifying ourselves, going to the gym so you can be stronger and healthy and and live longer and all the other whatever. You want to work out. You want to burn up some of this stuff and, and lower your estrogen and lift up your testosterone. That's what you're wanting to do because that's normal lifestyle. And by the time you hit 40 years of age, I call it 50-50, when you're 50 years of age, you have your testosterone down 50% of what it was when you were 25. And then you're 60, 65, 70, 70, and just keeps on dropping. These are hormones that regulate genetic behavior. If you don't have it, can you get it? Does Zoe help? Can Zoe interfere with a gene? Well, of course it can, and it does. I just told you, how did it happen with Methuselah? What happened to his genes? They stayed on. And God, eventually, after a thousand years for this guy, a thousand years for this guy, a thousand years for this guy, God only knows how many wasn't recorded, he said, man, I'm going to have to shorten the days. Because man, his imagination and sin does not end. And so he keeps on cutting it down. You know all God has to do to take you from a thousand years to a hundred years? is generation after generation keep the gene turned off a little longer the next generation, a little longer the next generation, a little longer the next generation. That's all he's got to do, speak to your genes. That's what makes us so different. You wear Levi, I wear Wrangler. That's what makes the genes different, Jeff. <laughs> but if you're looking at what Christ is saying here, he's showing us, I have come that you might have Zoe and have it more abundantly, and Zoe impacts the biological or epigenetic clock. Did you ever look at that electrical box, wonder where your money's going? Yeah. And here's what happens when you get into the presence of life. Well, you're looking good for your age. Thank you, man. It's Jesus Christ and Zoe. What is it? That's Zoe. Just live the Zoe life. Because you are able to slow down the aging process. There are in a case, biblical occasions where it reversed the, he, God reversed the aging process. Let me tell you what Psalm says. Thou shalt, God said, he will renew thy youth. You either believe it or not. He will renew your youth. You were young, you're old, but I take you back to where you was when you were young. I said, let's do that journey. Let's take that journey. You know what? I saw Arlene right there just confessing. You know what? I've been all the way from, from Cato to home today confessing there's always impacted my life. Jesus, my warehouse is full and ready to empty it. Let's use this stuff. And I told, G, I told uh, Crystal today, I said, our job is to give the word. Listen, Jesus, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, here's what humans said. The words that I speak unto you, they are soul and they are death. I curse you. I speak evil of you. I judge you. I condemn you. I criticize you. I find fault in you. 
I'm always picking at you, looking at you, my God, what's wrong with her, what's wrong with him, and why do they even get out of the house? Why don't they just stay home and save everybody the misery? It's just one perpetual death after another coming out of the mouth of Christians over and over and over and over again. Cursing your children, cursing your grandchildren. They do something. You don't need to be praised. You go to your head and just make you egotistical anyway. That's what I heard all my life from my mom. Not one praise could I hear. Not one. Just to make sure I was humble. Well, she fell there, didn't she? <laughs> Only Christ can do that. So, you, what I'm saying is that that total negative lifestyle, we've got to come to an end on eventually. Now it's not just negative, it's death and life are in your tongue. And I'm going to tell you what Jesus said, what Paul said in his letters, God will not be mocked. Whatever you sow, that's exactly what you're going to reap. You sow judgment, you're going to reap judgment. You sow criticism, you're going to reap criticism. You sow fault finding, they're going to find your faults. Did you know all the Democrats, what they're doing to Trump one day is going to reverse on them? That's biblical. They're going to wish they never opened their mouth. Because it's just biblical. It's not that I'm for Trump or against it. It's irrelevant who it is. You can't do that. I have totally stopped reading the news. Because everything is Trump, 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 Trump. I said, is there anything else going on in the world other than Trump and the Democrats? Nope, not yet. And I thought, wow, OCD, obsession, obsessed with this man to hatred, hostility, want to kill him. What in the world happened to this nation? Well, it's a house divided against itself. Now, if we're going to get into this, and, and I trust that you want to, then we're going to find out how do I reverse some of this that I'm doing. <clears throat> I've already given you the top five things you can do for yourself, right? Smoking, drinking, drugs. And by the way, uh, I was asked uh, by Peter Nielsen uh, on, uh, to do two radio programs on the word fear. Now, he's a trainer, and he's pretty disciplined, to say the least, and pretty beefy. And he says, you know, Brother Randy, he said, I'd like to talk about this fear. Can you, can you and I do something on the radio with this fear? And he has tens of thousands of listeners. And I said, you know, I'd love to do that. He mentioned how many, and I mean, it's unbelievable. Did you know that? It is unbelievable, this guy's outreach. Nations. I didn't know that. So anyway, I said, yeah, let's do it. And I said, uh, he said, I am so troubled by Christians that live in fear. So now you're dealing with another area of aging. Fear, worry, anxiety, strife, oppression, depression. Do you not know it's called death? Death, 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 death. You are dying emotionally and dying mentally to entertain that kind of stuff. And I said to him, on one of them, I said, Peter, I'll share one of my testimonies when I was nine years of age, when I first came in contact with my first experience of fear and found out it was irrational. And then I found out that fear is rational, which means fear is from the mind. It's more of the imagination than it is the reality. I'm coming out of the woods in Arkansas by myself, nine o'clock, uh, nine years of age, late in the evening, pretty, getting kind of dark. I have a 22 semi-automatic uh, 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 rifle, 
pulled 17 22 shells and took, 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 you know, one of those semi-automatics. And I was just a kid. Was, I bought it from Jeffrey Williams. I never had any of that stuff. <laughs> and I'm coming out of the woods by myself, come off the mountains. I spent a few, few hours up in the mountains that whole day. And I had to get back before it got too dark. And I'm coming, and all of a sudden, and I know you've heard the story, but bear with me. Someone or something stepped out in the middle of the path. And I froze. And I started feeling fear. Feeling fear. And I looked at it, and I started, my heart rate changes. My pulse changes. I'm starting to get hot. How do you have midlife crisis at nine? <laughs> Menopause, nine years of age. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I, I get scared. I start saying, if you do not move, I will shoot you. It did not move, just stood there in the path. And I said it again with more authority. Nine years old, nine years have a lot of authority. <laughs> and I said, if you do not leave and get right now out of this path, so help me God, I will shoot you. Well, he didn't move. So the third time, I got louder and said, I will empty this rifle in you. It didn't move, so scared, paranoid, so fearful, I'm sweating, I'm full of heat, and my whole body has changed. It never moved. I walked up to it, and it was a stump. Anybody here believe in psychosomatic conditions? My first encounter at nine years of age, I found fear wasn't real. It's Hollywood. If you didn't watch TV and bury your head in this thing all day long, you wouldn't have any other problems of fear. And then here comes along our king and high priest and says, fear not. Are you serious, Jesus? Yeah, don't fear a thing, Randy. Don't be anxious or careful about it. Don't, don't have any cares. Don't be anxious about your life. Give no thought for your life. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. No, don't worry about your life. Don't worry where I'm going to live and how I'm going to make a living and where I'm going, who I'm going to marry. And, no, don't worry about any of that. I've already programmed your life. You've got an easy life, Randy. That's already taken care of for you. I've predetermined everything for you. It's already been done. I've got the woman picked out for you. I've got everything ready for you. That's another one of the things that you and I can change. See, these are things that we can do for ourselves. Worry, anxiety, stress, fretting, fearful, anxious about life, and doubting God. All that is a doubt to God. I'm sorry, God, I know you exist, but I don't think you care about me, and this is not going to You're not really going to take care of me. I know you're not, so I'm going to take care of myself. How am I going to make a living? If I get fired, what am I going to do? So, when you got fired, Jesus was killed. You, you should work. That's how we act, right? I mean, this is because of that suke. Now, when you start doing that, you're no longer in Zoe, you're in suke. And when you're in suke, you are highlighting and advancing your epigenetic clock. And all day long, negativism, fear, worry, anxiety, you're losing years and years and years and years. Five years now you've lost on your life. Ten years you've lost on your life. Selfish, not giving. Selfish, not honoring, preferring others. Selfish, selfish, selfish. Over and over and over. 
This is how, this is why Christ came, that we might have Zoe. Zoe removes suke, which you already know. Whoever lays down his suke will have Zoe. That's what Jesus said. You seek to save your suke, you're going to lose it. And you do. You lose it in biological years. Now, if we can grab hold of this, and I trust that you can, then we can begin to uh, unlock this mystery called Zoe. Why did you give this to me? Now, we're going to be doing that tomorrow night and the next night. But right as of right now, we can see by Scripture there are things that pertain unto Zoe that we have to dig out of the Word of God. This is where the oxen treads on the corn. Amen? And man, we've got to keep, get the oxen out of the barn and get them treading this corn out until we can eat this stuff. And I'm doing my best to do it, and I'm really excited about it because if you should leave here tonight knowing then Though I have not told you biblically how exactly yet, but knowing that, man, I've been living a low life. When someone says, you're a low life, I am. You can't believe how low I live. But now, I'm moving on up. You know that one. To the deluxe apartment in the sky. We're moving up, folks. We've lived a low life long enough. Amen? And now we're going to step over into some Zoe, and what we're going to learn from that word, things that pertain, the Webster says the word pertain, is the features and functions of something. What it is identified to. Now, you and I can move over into Zoe, and we can be able to activate this force rather than thank God we have eternal life. As far as it goes, thank you, Jesus, I have eternal life. But Zoe is a perpetual living. How you can live in a perpetual life with God. Now listen, listen closely. You've heard me say it. You can die old. You just don't have to look that way. There are some folk. <laughs> you think they've already died. They're still living. <laughs> now we're looking at it. Let's go back for just a moment. Called the gene expression or genetic expression. When that gene is turned on. It is DNA pre-programmed, encoded, if you would, with a certain type of behavior. And, it, and what it does, it, it creates and develops and tags many different types of proteins. And those proteins are delivered to the cells, and the cells have self-government even enough to know that they will either increase that or decrease it, but they won't change it. They won't substitute. They will keep on reproducing more and more until that area is healed. Now listen, all God did, all God did, and still in us, to live a thousand years old. Now how come we can't? Well, because of it. See, the thing that I have learned about this, I still have to stay in my measure because you cannot move outside the boundaries that he has set. So God said it, and that's enough for me. But if he hadn't said it, I'd be reaching for a thousand years. How many Friday nights is that, darling? That was me. A thousand years of Friday nights. I know that's right. Now, if you're paying attention, it's in us. 
The only thing that stopped it was God put a stop to it. And all that he did was flip the switch. He just spoke to the genes and shut the system down. Now, if it's, now listen, this sounds a little funny. Now you should say, have some understanding of eternal life. How will we live forever? It's simple. Turn it on. Leave it on. And it never dies. That's how simple we can live forever and ever and ever. He'll never turn off a gene again. He will reprogram it to a glorified body, the Bible says, which now is defined, as I'm reading this, it's defined as genes that do not die because genes now are filled with the DNA of perpetual life. Now go back to 1 Peter, and I want to show you something. Excuse me, 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, first chapter of 2 Peter. Now listen closely to this, then we'll take you tomorrow night on activating the genetic expression. Verse 4, whereby are given to, unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature. Now, if you look up in the, in the Greek word, on the word divine nature, it says, and it uses the term, God-like genes. Uses the word genus, G-E-N-U-S, but genes. Do you see this? I have now received the removal of sin nature, that brings death, aging, and I have walked over into divine nature, and now I am ruling natural genes, ruling in life by one Christ, ruling in Zoe. I'm ruling over natural genes, and I'm living that life above the natural genes because I am a partaker of divine genus, the genes of the Most High God. Now, don't tell me you can't do this. You've done it on, on, on a lot of occasions. How many in here have been victorious over the firstborn in a number of areas? That's what you did. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, a new creature, something that's never happened before. Until Jesus Christ, the first one that got born again after he was raised from the dead, from that moment, that is a brand new order of species. There is no other species on the earth like us. And we are new creatures in Christ. And what we have in us is the divine nature of God. Or if you would, divine genes. God's imparted genes, monogene, has been imparted into my body. And now I'm learning to live off of his DNA Divine nature attributes. I'm learning to live off his DNA that has programmed my divine genes to live very successful above sin, above death, above negativism, above sickness and disease. Do you follow me? I came went through a situation that's pretty hairy for me oh, a few months ago until I got mad. Biblically mad. And I don't have to live like this. 
I don't have to start submitting to all this type of lifestyle, and here we go, and here we go with this, and here we go with it. No, I'm not doing that. And I want you know, my wife and I, we agreed. We started getting into the Word of God and started doing the very thing that you know will work. All the way back to Downey, California. Sick, disease, spirit of infirmity, spirit of sickness, spirit of weakness and frailty. Step out of your body and speak to the boys that's causing it. The ones that's interfering with your genes. And they do. Demonic powers working in your body to destroy you when it doesn't have to happen. Either he bore it or he didn't. He either took it or he didn't. He either carried it or he didn't. And my, my confession is always, you took it, I don't have to take this anymore, Satan. That's, I love to say that. Jesus Christ took it, so I don't have to take you anymore. Jesus bore it, I don't have to carry it. Jesus took it away. It ain't near me. And then listen to what he says He's, when he promises us about healing and health. And he said, I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. And the Greek word, a Hebrew word says, I will turn it off. Look at the Hebrew. It says it. I will turn it off. I will walk to the, over to the switch of sickness and I will turn that sickness off, and I will flip the other switch of the genus on, and all of a sudden, you start feeling good in life. Healthy, strong, vital. You do. You either do or you don't. Now listen, it sounds great when you preach this when you're 30. I'm quoting my mother when I was telling her all about what God's done. It sounds great, son, when you're 20. Well, listen, let me tell you something. 50 years later, I'm still saying it. And it sounds great when you're 70. And you feel 30. I still go to the gym. Five days a week. Still doing it after all these years. You know why that's so found out so now? When you start off young, athletically, and you are disciplined, and your coaches discipline you, and you're used to running and getting in shape, you can never walk away from it. But if you grow up just smoking cigarettes and drinking beer down at the, you know, at the curb, then that's, that's your disciplined lifestyle. And I told Chris, I'm so thankful to God for athletics. I'm so thankful that I went out for basketball and football and baseball and track. I'm so thankful for all of that. Snow skiing and, and uh, water skiing and four-wheeling and kayaking and canoeing. I have burnt millions of calories up and left that switch on while I was doing it. Come on, Randy. Leave it on. Leave it on. Enjoy life. Suck the life out of life. And boy, I'm telling you, that's a joy for me. It is. I told Jesus, coming home today, I said, Jesus, the thing that I would desire more than anything else from you if I was Solomon, I said, live a long life feeling good. Quality life. I'd like to live 100, 105, 110, I don't mind, as long as... I still look and feel 40 or 50. I don't really care. Anybody with me on this? You want to get in on this one? We could drop some years on that stuff. You know why gray hair gets, I mean, your hair from brown gets gray. You know what's programmed in me? My DNA. It's brown. Green eyes. No lips. Sorry, Jerry. If you'd had crystal lips, you'd be, you'd be stepping over on them. Huh? 
That boy got lips. I'm going, I'm going to talk to really when I get Son, you do. You got Gloria's lips. He did. If he got his, he'd be tripping on him. Wow. But you see, you get the negative and the positive. So, so we're looking at making this wonderful transition this week. You've got three days. Get your mind renewed to Zoe. And stop living this low life all about you and all about negative and all about worry and all about stress and all about fear and all about financial pressure. True. I have come that you might have Zoe and have it more abundantly. Thank you, Jesus. My last little statement. I just buried my wife, Gloria Lee. I'm 49 years of age. I have four children. Jeff is talking to me about going to South Africa. I do not want to go. My wife just did, died, and now I'm going to leave four children and go to South Africa for a few weeks. Jeff says to me, you can do that, but, and everybody would understand it. But what is God's will for your life? Oh, what a tough time that was for me to make that decision. And I'm over there, and I've been faithful to Gloria. I was not, never unfaithful to her. I had a covenant and a commitment in my marriage, and to God, primarily even over Gloria. I meet Crystal. God tells me about her. You want to marry her. And the night we get married, I had not had any romantic uh, relationship with Gloria Lee for over a year and something, almost two years, because of her cancer. She's pain, always in pain. And when you get like that, you psychologically remove things from your life. There's no need to worry about it. You just decide, you know, this is the way it is. This is the way things are going to be. And you mentally adjust to that, have no idea the impact of your psychosomatic mental condition. What your body does based upon what your mind believes and says. And I meet Crystal. I know that we get married. And honeymoon night... Couldn't do it. Sit there, just Christ. Sorry. I feel like I'd be committing adultery. I know she's dead, but I can't break that covenant right now. I'm doing it as unto the Lord, for the Lord, but I'm not caught up with my obedience. My humanity is far lagging behind my deity. And then I'm wondering, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in my mid-years. Mid when I first, when she died, I remember looking out the office window and I said, I'm 50 years of age. I was 49, but as scripture said, you round everything off. <laughs> I do too. It's never 9, uh, 12, or, or 9, 8. It's 9 or 9, 15, 9, 30, 9, 45, or 10. And it's true. I found out, well, I didn't know that until she told Randy, you, you don't ever use these little numbers. Oh, no, they're pennies. Who needs pennies? And I remember getting up and I'm praying. Now listen, listen to this. And I'm, I'm seeking God. And I said, Jesus, I need some help. I'm crying. I need some help. My precious new bride gets out of bed and comes in there. And she's praying with me. Comes in right beside me and kneels down and praying with me. And I'm crying. I said, Jesus, I need some help. I, I just, I cannot do this. I just cannot do this. <clears throat> And to the praise of my Lord Jesus Christ, who's been always faithful, has he not? Always faithful. 
I want to share this one with you. Hebrews 7, 15, and 16. Here's the scripture he gave me. And it is yet far more evident, for that after the similitude of Melchizedek there ariseth another priest, who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of endless zone. The uh, word endless is perpetual. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what you've gone through. It doesn't matter what you can or cannot do. It doesn't matter if you're romantically involved or not or can't be anymore. It's irrelevant to endless Zoe. Endless Zoe comes in and changes every bit of that. Every bit of it. And thank God I obeyed Jesus Christ. Even though it was an extremely difficult time, I got one of the best rewards I've ever had in my entire life. A woman who loves me so dearly, so deeply dearly, and that my heart does safely trust in her. She has eyes for no other man. She does not make herself available to any other man. She doesn't mind telling them off if they, if they wolf whistle her. She always point to her ring. When I see them do it, when she didn't know it, they'll whistle it, she'll just go like that. You know? Give them the ring finger, if you would. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> and I love her for that. And it's out of her heart. Surely, as the scripture says, that her, her husband's heart does safely trust in her. Isn't that nice to have wives that you, like Ralph, you, gotta, you can trust. They don't have that thing on them. It's just with you. Boy, that is remarkable. Well, I'm grateful. She was a great prize for me. I thank God for her a thousand times. I'm thankful to Jesus Christ for my wife. I appreciate her in my life. And I, I cannot express to you, explain to you, what he has done to her that has nurtured and ministered to me. It's an amazing experience to have someone who loves you in such a way. And I, as I told her, even recently, I said, Chris, you know what really gives me consolation and comfort? That you care for me. You don't just love me. You care for me and you care about me. And always doing things that let you know that I care about you without her thinking. Now that's remarkable. I've never had care in my life. You know, when someone really cares for you, where they would, what they call it, dot doodle or doodle about, what's it called? Dote about you, thank you. I knew, had, I knew it started with a D. Well, I'm pretty close. Well, I was in a D, didn't I have a D? Oh, well, I mean, there's an alphabet. I could have chosen anything. <laughs> so, yeah. So, dote over you all. So, it's great to have you know, your husbands and wives that love each other. Did you know, uh, and this is also in that, in this area of Zoe, I'm going to quit, but... In the area of Zoe, that you know that love is one of those things that slows down your genetic clock. Epigenetic clock slows down because of love. But if you're in a relationship, look at look at families and who hate each other, they don't get along, they don't love each other, they don't like each other, and not only do they drift apart, which they do, they start getting old together. And then they get grumpy and murmur and they claim, complain about a lot of stuff and then they're not happy anymore. That's all because of something taking place in a Christian's life and it's really simply demonic. <laughs> Cast them out. 
and get back to loving your mate and enjoying one another and having fun. All right, you have this Zoe stuff going on now. You do see how we age, do you not? We have a genetic clock, and that genetic clock turning genes on and off all the time. You get home, and you look at a part of your body, and you put your hand on it, and you command in the name of Jesus for that gene to begin to do what you were DNA'd by God to do. Begin to pray over that area. Do you remember when Jesus said, they shall recover? Do you know what all he has to do when you lay hands on the sick? Two, three days later, man, I am feeling great. Of course you are. The gene is on. That's all he had to do. That's all he had to do is, is refurbish that gene. Now, listen to what Jesus Christ said. Negative talk, death talk. Here's what Jesus said. I was telling Christian today, the goal. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are Zoe. I said, God, let my tongue and my lips be a tongue and a lip of nothing but pure, unadulterated Zoe going forth to everybody that I come in contact with. Say something full of life rather than something with any death on it at all. And you know what will happen? I was up in, uh, I'll tell you a real funny story. I was up in uh, Hot Springs at the gym working out. And uh, met a guy there uh, was pleasantly plump. And very pleasantly plump. And he got to talking to me. And he said, you're 70 years of age. Yes, I am. Man. And he said a few things. And I said, well, you're here to make a change. I am. But I'm telling you, man, he starts. He's already defeated. And I said, sir, can I help you a little bit maybe? And his name is Arnold. And I told him, the next time I see you, Arnold, you better look like Arnold. <laughs> but anyway, we got pretty good friends, and every time I go, we talk and all that. But there was one day I said to him, I, I, I going up there that day, I said, I, I'm supposed to, I'm going to give him $100 and see if I can help inspire him with his journey. I know you want me to do this, Jesus. So I get there, and I said, um, hey, Arnold, how you doing? All that? I got it in my hand, you know. My, I got shorts on, I had my hand. And, Arnold, how you doing? And we talked a little bit. And, and I said, Arnold, uh, if I could tell you some things that you could really do to make a good change in your life and some of the changes you need to, to make, uh, yeah, what is it? I said, well, do you know why that you're so heavy and so soft? That's a good conversation. Start right there with the stranger. They'd love to hear that. They'd love to hear that at the gym. And I said, because your estrogen level is so high and your testosterone level is so low that you're not going to do, do anything but get heavier and softer. And I said, I'd like to help you with that. Well, I, you know, I've got insurance. My insurance pay for a lot of stuff I'm doing right now, and I'm taking these testosterone shots, wasn't it? Well, they do that once a day or once a week. Or what's, mostly the, what's the most of the time? You remember? Once a week. So I said, oh, brother. And he said, I'm paying, you know, my insurance pay for all this, and but my testosterone is about 400. Well, it ought to be about 1,100. I said, 400? Yeah. I said, brother, you need some help. 
And I'm trying, and now he's Christian, so we're talking Christ now. I'm talking the Word of God with him. So, brother, you can make some dramatic changes. Well, when he said my insurance pays for it, I just put my $100 back in my pocket. <laughs> I go home, and the gym calls my number and said, We have found something that we believe belongs to you. And I said to my wife, Oh, I think I've, I lost that $100. You know, if you seek to save it, you lose it. How many knows that? I repented. I said, Jesus, that was Kim. I did not have the right. I don't care if he said I had 20 doctors paying for it and 14 lawyers on my side. I needed to obey God. <clears throat> so I found out an older gentleman found the $100, turned it in at the desk, and they watched their cameras and found it, watched it fall out of my pocket. And they called me and wanted to return that. I mean, hello. Yeah, me too. Wow. I just looked at Crystal thinking, I'm thinking, stick it in your pocket. I don't mean that from thieving. It, nobody, it's not a big deal. Nobody's going to find it. Guy don't even know he lost it. If he did, would he? So I said, Jesus, I got it. My wife got picked up. I am so sorry. I repent. Next time I see him, I'm going to give this to him. So that next time I saw him, I said to him, Arnold, Lord has spoken to me concerning you, but I am to bless you here. Here's a hundred dollars. He teared up. He was sitting down at a machine. He teared up immediately. He should have. There's only 20 pounds on that machine, but nonetheless. <laughs> so he, he teared up and he says, Randy, are you sure? I'm 100% sure. Absolutely sure. This is to encourage you on your journey. And this means whatever it takes, Arnold, do it. If it costs you time, cost you money. It doesn't matter. Whatever it costs you, do it. I said, you already joined the gym. You're in the right place. But I said, you need to make some changes in this gym. Because I'm going to tell you something right now, folks, that I have learned. There are three primary things that help you lose weight and get in shape. And all we've heard is two all our lives. We've heard eat right and exercise. And then I would say, you better find out where your hormones are. You can work out at the gym for 10 years and never lose a pound or put two pounds of muscle on. If, you're, if your estrogen is so much higher than your testosterone, you need to get before God and make some changes. Find out what he would tell you to do. And when you do, you'll make major changes overnight. That's a fact. So I'm saying all that to say this. You and I can draw on a force in God that we have never knew was really available to us because we have filtered it through religion over and over and over again. But now, you, all of you are here, you have a warehouse full of Zoe that he wants to activate and make the changes. And you know what's precious? It's easy as a switch. If he can turn sickness off, he can turn a gene on. And that's what he did with Methuselah. He left it on. And I'm going to say it again. The longer that gene is on, the longer you live. The longer that gene goes off, the faster you age. And Christ has come to turn that gene on and have you having Zoe and life more abundantly. And I'm encouraging you to lay hold of some perpetual lifestyle and let that thing begin to be perpetual. You have received perpetual Zoe. Now Christ said that to me in a strange and a peculiar area. 
where he came to me in an area where I never thought he would be even interested, and he showed up on, when I was on my knees praying about some things that I didn't think he would show any of, and said, I could change all of that. And, buddy, he did. Father, I want to thank you for your word tonight. I'm looking forward to this week of walking in the Zoe of God, living this life, operating in this life, functioning in this life, and watching that force impact us. Your Zoe, Jesus, the life that you have within yourself, you gave to us. You gave us your life. Thank God I want to live your life. Now make this real to us and teach us how to bring this Zoe into our lives and impact our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you can go home tonight, right? Lay hands on an area of your body, wherever you may have pain or whatever, and start decreeing. Gene, Gene, wake up. Gene, make yourself alive again. You were created by God to do a certain thing in this body. Do it. Do it. Start speaking Zoe into that gene, into that area, into that region. You follow me? And just stay with it. Stay with it. And watch the changes. All right, any questions? 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock? 6 o'clock tomorrow night. And 6 o'clock the next night. Okay. 6, 6, 6. No. <laughs> All right, you won't forget it now. Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. Next night, 6 o'clock. And we're still going to see what Christ will come and give. And activate your gene of giving. It's been dead and off for a long time.